When you were talking about um, using a crypto signature, though, to verify that posts have like not been changed, I'm actually in, in favor of that because that would bring back the Tumblr edits of other people's posts. And that was like a really good time on Tumblr. Wait, say more. When, when you reblog, uh, so it used to be on Tumblr, when you reblog something, it was more like an email reply. So the person, you, the person's post you were reblogging and replying to was the text was also editable. So you could go back and edit what they said. <laughs> like saying that John Green like loves the taste of cock or something. This is why John so Green is not on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love stories of famous people getting like, you know, sick of sick and tired of these damn kids online. That's like only Hank Green would go away. Every platform I get on, then his fucking face shows up. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. You Zaboomafu looking ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like cackle like a witch. <laughs> I mean, that just brought it out of me, though. That's that. I, that's a boom, boom, motherfucker. I, I mean, like someone's got to make that photo travel. <laughs> <point. laughs> yeah, and like this is like one of those things. Like we're like there's like this. I I feel like with all the emergence of like the cryptocurrency and adjacent shit. Just like a lot of really good ideas and cryptography just have this like stain on them now, or just like where like yeah. you'll be talking to someone and like, are you interested in cryptography like that or like this? Where it's like you can't quite tell which direction someone's going to go in when they're talking about like what's legitimately an interesting idea. And so like like there are currently like a lot of the activity pub messages are signed, um, but it's just like the infrastructure to actually like treat that like a peer to peer system doesn't doesn't really exist. But like with that's like one of the main design features of the AT protocol. The thing that Blue Sky is built on top of is that like, yeah, having taking the overlap with between Blue Sky AT protocol and like the cryptocurrency people is just like vague, but overwhelmingly present across like a lot of the different sort of beliefs and beliefs and technology that get developed. There. It's like, it's not gay if the balls don't touch kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's like <laughs> that, it's like that level of just like, we don't really talk about that here. Like, and that kind of thing. <laughs> like I was like trying to figure out like, where do I read more about just, like the history of uh, this protocol and like how it was developed and everything like that? Because it's like, and you also listed, I saw it in this document, like you'd listed like, like Noster as another like question mark. I was going to bring like, that up next. Yeah. Yeah. That just like that. What I love reading about like the history of these things. And like one of the best ways to do that is like find the chat room where they were talking about this. And like, you know, that's where a lot of the primary history gets developed because like, very old school shit, you know, still exists as far as like these listservs, these publicly archived emailing lists, but just like more and more that's turning into discords, which is like sort of a problem if you're interested in, in historical ar ar archives. But like if you, you can find like some of these like public um, discord channels, there is one private discord channel that was apparently like the main space that people were like doing all the initial organization for AT protocol and Blue Sky on that I can't get access to. And I just like really want to so if anyone has like a dump of that i would love to receive it but like but like then after some initial development they made these public public listservs and you can read some of like the ideas in there were just like what gets you know they have these different channels like what gets the most conversation what gets the most like time and like yeah the cryptocurrency adjacent ideas get like a shitload of discussion and just like there's a ton of people that are involved in cryptocurrency type things or blockchain type things involved in some of these initial ideation of what this platform could be or what this protocol could be 
And like, don't get me wrong, there's also like a couple really good people like on there as well. So like, there's like this, I forget exactly what their last name is, but this person Golda that shows up and it was like, was one of these people on this panel that was put, put together by the, the like social co-op moderator that's like, always reminding people about just like the ethics of the technology and trying to like pull things back towards like what we're actually trying to do is do a pro-social thing not just like try and sort of like make some very technologically cool thing that actually like endangers people in a, in a massive way because like wouldn't you know it designing a social protocol is like one of the major things that's hard about it is that there's people on it and so like uh, we can't forget that and so but like yeah it, seeing those links is really evident when you start just like getting digging into like the actual way that that protocol works and like i don't know if that's that is of interest to y'all, but just like, yeah, I've been reading, like I've read the, um, obviously the protocol documentation and experimenting with, with Blue Sky and AT protocol and just like, yeah, there's some real problems there that like, that really are like, we're just waiting for the bomb to blow up kind of situation where it's like, if they're like, we're talking about like the legal liability question on act for activity pub fediverse is like a shoe waiting to drop, but like the mass weaponized harassment and abuse that is possible on uh, Blue Sky is like, as soon as Federation opens, if it does, it's going to be real ugly. Um, and, and like, and it's like to prepare for that, what ideally you would want to do is have like a test Federation network that you actively invite people to come try and break, like, you know, come try and fuck this shit up, do the most hor horrific thing that you want to. We want to see the problems beforehand so that we can try and remedy them. But they're doing basically the exact opposite where like they have this sandbox federation thing. And if you look at the readme for that, it's pretty comical actually, where it's like, this is about learning and having fun. And like we, if, if, if you are being mean or breaking the rules, we will ban you. It's like, uh oh, like that's a really bad sign. If just like only well-behaved uh, clients that behave exactly like they're described as they should, like no adversarial shit that's trying to take advantage of the protocol is going on there. And like, it's like a lot of the times when just like trying to engage with the developers and like one of the things that has I mean, it's changed recently, but like on Blue Sky, like the devs are very public and present and sort of like, it's an interesting choice, but like they really don't engage with criticism or don't engage with like, hey, this is super fucking dangerous. Like until, until shit blows up um, instead of being like proactive and like inviting adversarial actors to like, there are people that do this for a fucking living, like doing sort of red teaming of these systems and just like, you should probably get some of those around there too. Yeah. Actually, before we go on, um, you mentioned AT protocol. I'm hearing that right. So uh, I need an explanation because I thought we were talking about AP protocol the whole time. Yeah. So what's AT protocol? <laughs> um, AT protocol is blue sky protocol. Like that's the... And like, it, so there's this concept like not invented here in, in technology or just like that might be familiar to y'all, but like this idea that like, we don't use that thing because it wasn't invented here. Like, so instead of like building on or adopting or helping out with like shared infrastructure or something like that, you're just like, fuck it, we're going to reinvent this whole thing. And like AT protocol is a wonderful exercise and in not invented here where they like, so activity pub is is a standard you know just like it's like not a perfect standard but it is a w3c developed standard it has like a working group behind it whatever whatever and it's possible to have worked off of that and like made some changes to it readapted it or whatever i'm not saying you always have to do that like destructive forks like making a new thing is not always like a bad idea but like they decided to make new everything and so like at protocol is like what runs blue sky and just like like it's a federation protocol that isn't really a federation protocol um, because it's like, it's sort of like, 
it's it's so the way the analogy that I have that I think is sort of apt with this is like it's a federated system in the sense that like Google Alerts is a federated system where like you can sign up for feeds. You know, you sign up for like I, I want to subscribe to this person, I want to subscribe to this feed, I want to subscribe to this label or whatever, and you're able to host your own information, like you host your own website or whatever. But that then has to get crawled by some gigantic aggregator that has like a picture of the whole network. So it has to go through this single point. And then that gets fed out to these other services that generate your feeds. And then they send it back to your uh, your little repository that you host. So like federation is sort of like irrelevant almost in this model where like you have to pay to host your data or like someone does. Like currently that's just like VC money. But like at some point someone has to pay to host the data and make it scrapable by this gigantic service that sits in the middle of everything. But like, it's not like your server is directly talking to anybody else's. Like, that's just not how it works. And so that's like a sharp contrast to the Fediverse style federation where it's like, I have account, I'm on a server, server talks to other server, that server talks to another account. Like, that's like a very sort of flat network topology. But this one is like deeply dependent on the ability for like, so this actually runs through a lot of the core problems with this protocol is that just like, you must be publicly scrapable. Everything that you do must be publicly scrapable in order for it to function. So you have you if you try and you can't necessarily block anyone, that's not a real thing that can happen. Because a block is purely cosmetic because of the way that the protocol is designed. Like you can't block the gigantic scraping service called the big graph service. Because if you do, then nobody would be able to see your posts. And you can't reliably guarantee that like my block will propagate through the big graph service and then propagate through the thing that's generating the feed so that like some adversarial actor won't be able to see my post. You just can't do that. It's impossible. So like say the the example that like again I brought up repeatedly with the devs and it's like it's not like I'm like a high profile software developer that like demands responses you know it's like I'm just another internet schlub but I've tried to ask them a number of times like what happens if someone makes like an adversarial big graph service that scrapes everything ignores all blocks ignores all deletes and people use it to target hate and harassment and it's basically like well we hope that they won't do that and so like that's like yeah, just like there aren't really plans in place for dealing with that kind of attack on the network. And so like, yeah. Yeah, so if I'm imagining this right, I was imagining it as a pinwheel, but there could be multiple middle points to that pinwheel. There could be multiple. So the, the pin in the pinwheel would be the big graph service, but you could have multiple of those, you're saying. Potentially, that w- it's like the thing that they say in the documentation is like, it's super expensive to run something that can like index the whole network. And so like, there might be a couple, um, like if they're getting to like the scale that they think about, but then they're imagine like there might be some smaller ones that index some partial subset of the network. But then there's this combinatoric problem where like, okay, where does the, I want to subscribe to some cool algorithmic feed. Where does that get its post from? Does it get its post from the main graph service or one of these auxiliary graph services? So like if I block this auxiliary graph service, Will that then block me from the feed that all of my friends are using? So like, how do I even know what is safe for me to block? It's like, it becomes this like convoluted nightmare of like 
actually safety just seems effectively impossible to do on that protocol. And so that's it's a major issue. Whereas with Mastodon, you can just block a server and be like, this is the Nazi server. Like, it like, can't interact with us. And there's a whole bunch of problems with the way that works, specifically on Mastodon as like a Fediverse client. Like there are other Fediverse clients that do this better and worse. But like with Mastodon specifically, there's a bunch of problems with that currently, but it is possible to do where like, you actually can have effective blocking where I actually do block this person or this server and they legitimately cannot access my posts. Uh, Like it requires a bit of server tweaking to do, but it's possible to do. That's just impossible in the AT protocol. And what it would require is basically like a fundamental rewrite of some of the core components they have with it, where like it would require things to be encrypted in transit, which is just like not how it works currently. It's just like, yeah, the recipe for, and like there's, and the thing is there's also a really, Nice spicy variety of abuse vectors that are with, that are encoded in there. We're just like you could develop an algorithmic feed that like you know gathers all the people you hate into one place so you can more easily harass them. They try and block you, but identity is super cheap too, so you can just make infinity new accounts, and there's no real principled way to stop that from happening. You can abuse the labeling system as well. So like this is like that one is going to be a lot of fun. So we were talking earlier about like DMCA like abuse or like. That's a lot of fun to deal with in any sort of like reasonably sized internet medium. But like, imagine if like anyone can issue a DMCA label and you have to respond to it. And it's like done in this programmatically public way. So it's like that you get a thousand DMCA complaints stacking up on some server or whatever. And then in order to limit liability, the rest of the server is like, we don't want anything to do with the massive copyright violation server and like automatically block it. But like, those are all troll blocks. And basically, they're trying to get some vulnerable server off the web or whatever. So just like it becomes this new fancy attack vector that's like really hard to mitigate. Because like with labeling system, like a labeling system, like a content labeling system, the whole difficult challenge of designing that is like, you can't make it super trivial to avoid a label, because then like, you could just say, I'm going to block the, you know, non consensual nudity label for my content, and no one can label my content with that. And then it no longer functions as like a label. And so So like you have to balance this like ability for anyone to issue a label with, oh, fuck, what if people abuse the ability to issue a label? And so like it's like and they just aren't handling that balance at all. Like it's just not addressed. Um, But anyway, I mean, the vibes are cool over there for now. I don't know. Like I haven't been on there in like a week (laughs) or two, but it's like for now, while it works, it's like there's a lot of good shit posting going on. So. Yeah, my feed is just trans women being horny at each other. Right. Yeah. That's like most of Blue Sky. Right. And like so like the <laughs> the 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 default algorithm and so like the whole idea is like you can get a bunch of different algorithms, you know, whatever, whatever. But like defaults are powerful. And so the default algorithm is this super simple sort by mm. engagement engagement descending with some exponential time decay. And like like I've taken samples of the network and like what that ends up doing is doing almost exactly what you, what you expect it would do, which is like stuff that's popular. It goes to the top of the feed, becomes more popular. Um, and so there's this really, really, really sharp distribution of like interaction on Blue Sky where like a very tiny fraction of posts and accounts get like most of the, of, of the interaction. And I, you know, that's it's sort of this like, that's a contributor that's like, you know, this smaller community feel of it where just like I see people I recognize or whatever. And like, yeah, there is this ongoing discourse. And it just so happens to be the best kind of ongoing discourse of like trans people being horny. Just like, I hope that persists. And yes, like, 
that it doesn't get knocked off by, you know, what you'd imagine as being another kind of stable discourse, like the, like what happened on Twitter, just being constantly mad at shit and everything like that, you know? Why aren't I getting likes? Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, like... Post better. Seriously. Like, why am I not getting... <laughs> and one of the things that's funny about that is you need to have a minimum like threshold to even qualify for the default algorithm and stuff like that. So it's like... It's like 12, I think. Something, yeah. For the What's Hot Classic, yeah. I think. And Which, get on What's Hot Classic. That's the feed to be on. Is that the real one? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the good one. Yeah. That's yeah. the dick feed. That's the dick feed. <laughs> Premium dicks, 24 hours a day. I had a good tweet for the the Library Punk Twitter, which is uh, because uh, some, someone was being uh, just absolutely ridiculous about blaming librarians for piracy. Oh, I saw uh, that shit. Yeah, you, yeah, you're in the, you're in the Skullcom uh, shit talk yeah. Discord. You saw that. Um, so I said, you know, it's great that the great thing about being on Blue Sky is that the the relics bootlickers cannot compete with the pure unadulterated stream of cock. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> fucking a <laughs> just like start playing the the international right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what blue sky is like 24 <laughs> 7 <laughs> Uh, the vibes are good if you get it good. Now yeah. the cyber is so big. <laughs> I want, I'm imagining you have this soundboard, like those old flash style soundboards where just like like a bunch of small pictures of like, you know, these different sort of sound effects and just like arrayed in like a picture. It's more or less what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's got like a picture no of Sonic. No copyright law in the universe is going to stop me. Yeah, I've got so many drops, I have to put images on them. And you, like, cycle them out and stuff. Yeah, but well, I, I can't move them. That's the problem. If I could move, if I could sort them by the ones I need at the top, but then, like, you know, if I, get a, if I get a popular one, like, I need to be able to find it. And then if I have, like, 50 of them, it's hard. I mean, you need to, like, move to Twitch and, like, do this live stream where just, like, four or $5 donation, anyone can trigger any sound effect and just, like, turn it into a real... Oh, what if we did a library punk live stream? Yeah. No one would show up. That's the thing about live streaming that they will never, like, admit is that, like, most live streams never get any traction. There's there's someone that's, like, a streamer in my apartment building. And I, I know this because the walls are paper thin. And, like, when you're streaming, you definitely have, like, the voice. You know, you're not just playing video games. You're also not talking to people online. You're talking to an audience. And, like, I, I love this person. They're very cute and sweet. And I hope that they don't listen to this show. But it's just, like... They just don't got it, you know what I mean? Like, you need to be engaging, but I just hear them sort of like, they're just playing the video game for like 20 minutes straight or something like that, and then they'll say, oh, damn, like, did you see that, you guys? And just like, so like, yeah, that, oh! I imagine the long tail of streamers that have no audiences, like, I love it, they're giving it their all, and I support anyone who wants to make their art happen, but it's like, dang, I, that's got to be sad to do after a while. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, and it's already been like kind of industry captured too. Whereas like the biggest streamers now are like run by company. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they get, they Is have a debut and they're like, yeah. Like the biggest streamers right now are kind of like all run by, I want to say Vishojo is doing all the biggest VTubers. And so when they come out with like, if they, if they debut new talent, it's like highly structured. It's like, we have five new influencers. They're going to get hit monetization in like three days. 
their Twitters all launch at the same time and they have like immediately an audience of like 50,000 people minimum. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's trash. It's just go watch your friends streams because any stream with more than like a hundred people is kind of a boring anyway. Cause like the chat goes too fast. So yeah. Yeah. Go watch Kyle, labor Kyle stream, go watch Alton stream from, from video games are the worst thing on earth. The most like interesting stream I saw is I'm ripped to this stream. It was, it was a obviously ephemeral is like that, like, AI Seinfeld stream. I don't know if anybody right. saw that. Like, I did see a lot of clips from it. It was hypnotic. It was like it was something where you're watching it, and like it seems it's so boring. It seems so boring when you first started. Just sort of like it's like it was at first like the good classic language models that are like fucked up in a very specific way, like. New language models, I mean, like, I don't even want to get into that, but it's like, part of what sucks about them is that they're too, like, believable, like, they're too actually, like, plausible text most of the time, but, like, this one had one of those good old-fashioned ones where just, like, that is close to English grammar, but it is fucked up in a way that's impossible to describe. No one would ever construct a sentence like this, and, like... And so just like after like an hour of being in that stream of just like you becomes this sort of like Greek chorus in the chat of just like everyone just sort of like they did the thing again and just like a thousand people are just like like when the microwave would happen, just like everyone sort of has to say mm, and just like seeing that happen at just like 10 million miles an hour, just like the chat scrolling by is like. It felt, you know, it feels like being in a very boring hive mind. Yeah, I remember when uh, the first Twitch Plays Pokemon happened and uh, when they beat the game. Um, I was like, I think I was at work and I watched them finish beating the game. It was really fun. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I watched um, the H-Bomber guy, uh, Donkey Kong 64. I did watch stream that too. And, I, and I was watching when, when he finally beat it oh. at the end. That was, it was pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. Not gonna lie. There was a lot of hours of just trying to be a uh, beaver bother though. And that was hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking child... hung up on AOC so he could go and talk to some guy from a discord to explain how to beat beaver bother. This <laughs> <laughs> is <was> great. <laughs> it was really good. He was like Trans- delirious. Right. He didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> he was just like, it's I have great. to beat this guy. Yeah. See, it's like these moments of just like extremely fucked up and unlike. It's like there's like this is what what I always think of like just thinking about like especially just like thinking about like this contrast between like Blue Sky and like and Vetiverse and stuff like that. It's like the algorithmic curation of content presentation is like has these beautiful moments where just like everyone showing up for this one random bullshit thing that turns out to be absolutely incredible in an extremely short period of time because of algorithmic amplification is like, that's dope. And I love that shit. But then just like for like that, and at the same time, it's just like that has a bunch of obvious problems too. We're just like, once a company figures out how to game it, then it's dead. Or just like, you know, it becomes, it becomes the vector by which it's possible to have a monopoly that controls who is streaming and who has an audience and shit like that. And just like, so it was like one of the things that sort of bums me out that like, we didn't seem to actually learn. I said, it's like one of the major issues with these like social media platforms is exactly the uninspectable algorithm that like you can't look at. And sort of like a lot of people that are like in, in academia, I get this all the time. People that are sort of just like, that's not my job. I'm a busy executive and like, I've got a lot of things on my plate. And so like, I don't want to have to worry about like the ethics or the design of the things that I participate in. And so it's like, like, fine, valid, like completely normal thing to say, but then to the level of just being like, fine, if some other company wants to make some horrifically abusive algorithm, just like mines my attention all the time. Great. Just let me get to the posts, like, just go like whatever. And so like, 
it's just like how, how thinking about like I mean, and I've like made some prototypes of this and just like made some like different like iterations of what what this could look like as have many people. But just like the algorithm, like making an algorithmic content preservation system that is like good and wholesome and not designed to like weaponize my attention is just like one of those things that just like is the major promise of like what could happen if we were to like get off of the platform web altogether. And in, instead of like it turning into some new corporate hell, like developing like actually, you know, communally run internet systems. One of the goals is like, can we make algorithms work in a way that doesn't like, suck? Like that's the biggest question in my mind. And like crusty Fediverse people opposed to all sorting of all kinds and stuff like that will like oppose that. But it's just like, that is also sort of like fading away. People having like absolute opposition to anything that resembles a, a sorting algorithm. I do think sometimes about like, stuff you could find on like LimeWire by just searching the tags that people put on it. And there was just really no sorting of files. Yeah. So you would find, you know, just really random stuff, like uh, things that people created on their own or uh, just like lost media or strange little skits that someone had made on their computer. Right. And uh, I would, I would always search the comedy tag. So get like a lot of like stand up, but then you'd also get people doing like a, their Yoda impression and they just put it on there and it's like, cool. That's you see, that's the power of self-publishing is just like you see, all the Yoda impressions that we're missing. Mm-hmm. But, no, I'm, I'm yeah, serious about that. And no, uh, me too. And like that's <laughs> that's like like and so a lot of the what is missing in in decentralized messaging protocols, social media protocols, etc., and stuff like that is like like again like why I think ActivityPub is so interesting is because of it like linked data as an idea like and especially like when it's in the sort of like ephemeral social communication context as opposed to like formal archive world everything needs to be like rigid and orderly and stuff like that but like. That like that could be that that it, to me is the thing that people don't pay attention to enough in peer to peer technologies and in federated social media protocols. It's like the ability for us to make new means of describing shit and like making them discoverable and findable with one another. Because it's like usually like what we're so used to is like either everything is search, like everything and just like throw it in a big bag of words and just hope that the search algorithm is good enough to be able to find it later. Or like, or one like single layer, like homogenous sort of tagging systems, like, you know, hashtags are just like being able to like put it in categories or whatever. Thinking about like, what if it was, because what people do all day long is talk about what shit is and like how shit relates to other shit. And so just like having some way of like actually communicating that in like a fluid and flexible way where just like I can put my stuff in relationship to all the things around it. And then it's possible to negotiate over the forms of the of that of that categorization over time and like to make it so it's not just like what IPFS and BitTorrent are just like metadata lists, like just flat content uh, graphs. And, and well, in the case of IPFS, just instead of instead of having something that like, yeah, we can organ, organize together and that organization doesn't have to be like labor. It can just be like what we do already, which is just expressing ourselves in like a way that's just like, hey, mine is sort of like that, like put this one in the next to that one. Yeah. I mean, this is where I show my naivete and just like, then like any metadata librarian is just like, oh, you're about to get your shit destroyed by that, that problem. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I'm also a metadata anarchist. So okay. I cool. had a whole episode about that. Yeah. All right. Where it was like, what if, what if Kropotkin's on order, but about metadata? Okay. So I, I see I'm in good company. Cause it's like, yeah, yes. that, 
<laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to articulate that kind of idea has been just sort of like I've been looking all over for it, and I find a couple little snippets of little things people have written, but just like yeah, I'm looking. For, I would, that's like one of the major things I was trying to do with surveillance graphs, just sort of like, hey, anyone that's like interested in this kind of thing, like hit me up. Like, because I felt like I ghost wrote that article when I was reading. It. I was like, did I write that? Okay, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, the metadata anarchy thing it started off as a uh, shit post that uh, a professor friend too. of mine uh, took seriously and invited me to do an entire guest lecture on it in uh, one of their uh, LIS courses Yeah, <laughs> that I got paid to do. I was like, shit, okay. Right. Sure. Um, so I got to teach the kids about Kropotkin. And like, that's just like, that's one fun. of the most noble things you could possibly do. It's just like, yeah, I'm definitely pepper in the classic literature, just sort of like little hints and snippets of it. And just like all the things I do is like, you could check this out, you know, if you wanted to. You, you could just read. I, I, no, I legit, <laughs> I just had them read on order. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, read this. Like one of the major impressions I've gotten from talking to librarians and specifically metadata librarians is just sort of like, they're so just like worn down from shitty tooling and just like everything sort of sucking that it's like, we have these ideas of like what we could do and the work we could do and just like what this could look like if everything didn't just sort of suck and like be so labor intensive and like so mind numbingly bureaucratic and everything like that. And it's just like, like I, I feel, I feel that so hard. Just like broken infrastructure is just like, I, I mean, I, like, you know, say it's like you, if you work in IT and just like building systems for people and stuff like that, like, have you run into like government infrastructure or do like government infrastructure work just like any kind in, in that field at all? Not really. I'm sure uh, you're aware of the horror stories of like the DMV computing system and shit. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have, I've, I've been through a couple of libraries and I have, I have seen some shit that it's like, why, why would you possibly do it that way? But yeah, it, yeah, and like all pro like problems that are hard to solve, it's like it's nobody's fault. It's not like you can point to a person and being like, "You fucked it up. Like you did it bad, and we're gonna do it good now." It's like, no, you have to unbuild the whole university if you want to actually make it work right. Yeah, yeah, well, and that's I think a lot about that in terms of I'm not sure if you're familiar with Active Directory. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like. Every Active Directory instance I have ever touched has been fucked in some way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I can't, like, I would like one day to actually see what a, what a good actually working as, working with quotes around it, sure. uh, <laughs> Active Directory looks like just because I, I've seen it fucked in three different very specific ways. Yeah. And it's one of those structures that just, it migrates so fast like, and it's so hard to stay on top of. And yeah, I could probably actually go on about that for hours. But yeah, uh, particularly like Active Directory and pretty much every Microsoft house relies on it. Yep. So like, like and, and yeah. Like, it, it's hard to put, understand like how much that affects like working conditions for everybody. Like that it's like, not just IT people, but like everybody. And like yeah, that. I, I had to turn off. Uh, single sign-on for one of our uh, softwares because the Active Directory could not send the right information. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, you want an IP address for this user? That's just the look. You want to like not tie this to anyone's email? You want to like just get the wrong fucking information? It's like, we're just turning it off. Yep. Like this has been like something that I've, I've struggled with like in, like I'm part of one now two academic unions in my life and just like, 
like working conditions um also include like computers and stuff like that we're just like there's like a long-standing you know just like unions love being like organizing by the people for the people just like we are doing hand-to-hand going talking to the people and like computer stuff is like extra that's like it's like irrelevant or whatever like we have some google spreadsheets or whatever but like yeah that's like not important that's not like actually union business but like both in terms of like labor issues, like thinking about like IT problems as a labor issue, or just like th- th- there was there was someone that just like we were at this union meeting and just like someone was talking about just like how they have to ask IT for ev- for a super user permission every time they want to run it, and they can't install Adobe Acrobat and have had a ticket open for like six weeks to install Adobe Acrobat, and they literally can't open a PDF in the meantime. And so it's like you're an academic worker and you can't open a PDF, you cannot do your job. Like this is like a grievable problem with like appropriate workplace you know instrumentation and like and like then thinking about just like also the operation of the union we're just like we want to focus on the very like again legitimately so the very human problem of organizing just like being able to like directly interface with people and so we don't want to necessarily focus on our computing stuff but then as a result like every meeting is just like okay, who has access to this doc again? And like, like where in the spreadsheet are we? And just like, just like all of these like infrastructural issues that just like hobble the union's ability to do that human level organizing. It's just like, like I, I don't want to come across as like a techno utopian that just like computers are the only problem and solving the computer solves everything. But it's just like, like that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that just like they are a massive labor issue for in a bunch of different ways. And just like we do need to sort of reckon with that without abandoning the good old fashioned union hall, like hold a hold a pint of beer and hold hands while you're singing, you know, solidarity forever. Like, let's not forget that part in trying to make things digital. But yeah, I think it's no coincidence that uh, a lot of times when library budgets are cut or don't increase, that like the first things to go is normally uh, like a downsizing or removal or outsourcing of IT and or technical services. And then it turns out everything else is way more expensive because you need to like, you know, work around that deficit. Mm-hmm. Weird how that works. And, and users find ways. Oh, yeah. Like never, oh, yeah. Un- never underestimate the creativity of a user who needs something and doesn't want to ask IT for it. Hell yeah. Like that's your first mistake. Like, yeah. So yeah, I am 100% with you on that one. Right. And like, so it's like, it's like part of like what, like, like, again, just like, like thinking about, cause to me, like, these are all like related concepts, like just like thinking about just like federated internet services and just like revitalizing sort of like a broader labor movement and people just like, thinking about organizing people and making people feel power to f- powerful to organize the infrastructure of their life, their digital reality being one of those spheres of their life. And like, uh, <laughs> that, like, I just think that, that, that the worst thing that's about like open source technology is like exactly the, the year of Linux on the desktop meme of like, sort of like that, like a lot of like open source technology, people just like design for themselves and design for other people like them. And so it's just sort of like, there's all this like beautiful technology that could exist that like completely inaccessible to anyone outside this like people in this very very niche and like controlled culture so just like i think i mean like you were saying just like or like like i think that was jay that was you that was saying that just like people on mastodon just talk about mastodon and stuff like that that just like yeah yeah that like why don't people come here like you know just very tone deaf things like what's even hard about this there's nothing that's hard about this and like um, just completely missing the point that just like, yeah, well, you didn't even ask anyone that wasn't like you, like, or even like slightly different than you. 
And like, and so just like, I see these two things in conflict, but just like, there's this immense pr promise in like, actually taking seriously, we could make technology for everybody that like is, is accessible and like working towards that goal and inviting them in through like a social system rather than inviting them in through code is like a really interesting way of doing that. But at the same time, like we do need to shake off that massive legacy of how these things are designed and like the expertise that's expected to like get, get started using them, let alone hosting an instance. But it's just like, so it's just sort of like, like that's one of those things where like, the admin of Hackers Town, uh, it's like just said this like thing that just like lives in my mind forever. Is just like I will not defend the shortcomings of the Fediverse, but I will defend its promise. Where just like I just feel like mm -hmm. it's something that just like we do need to shake off a couple of these ancient skeletons. But just like this general idea of like, can we make actually empowering technologies that make make it possible for people to do some of the things that like are currently only possible to do on the platform web, posting being one of them. But then you think about dot, 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 whatever else I use, Google Docs, photos, et cetera, for. Posting yeah. is like the roses and bread and roses. Right? <laughs> you need to be able to ship posts, right? <laughs> you know yeah we're, i mean it's like everyone's just sort of like this like broken broken fire extinguisher constantly leaking posts and where do they go like if there's going to yeah like i saw this amazing tweet today that just brought a smile to my face um that was um r.i.p dracula you would have loved going down a water slide flat on your back arms crossed over your chest <laughs> yeah i need that yeah. in my life you know that's that's my roses, you know? This yeah. is why I haven't left Tumblr. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's easy to dismiss social media. It's like, oh, it's just posting or something like that. But it's like, that's like really important, actually. Like, that. like <laughs> People like to communicate and connect with each other. What a fucking concept. Weird, yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And people like to be silly little guys. <laughs> yeah. Like one of my like goals in what I plan to do in the next couple of years is just like convincing scientists and academics to just like, okay, what if like the shit posts could live next to the academic papers and there's sort of like a fluid boundary between these things like that people, it wouldn't be this rare event to have like a joke in the paper or something like that. Just like that. Like I, I literally gave a lecture based off of a shit post that I did. Yeah. Like it, it is possible, my friends, a better world is out there. <laughs> yeah. And like, then I, I, I've been, I like, you know, sort of lurk in these places where the gray beards hang out and stuff like that sometimes. And just like their utter fear of losing the seriousness and the sanctity of research and stuff like that. It's just like, it's so palpable that they're just like, all these people just want to post preprints and eat hot chip and lie. That's all they want. <laughs> you know, this like, Fools. I mean, all I do is eat, is eat hot chip and lie. Yeah, well, that true. that's what we all, it's like, and that's what, missing, I don't know what planet they live on, but yeah, they don't for some reason. And so it's, like, it's just like, you're in a different reality than me, and what I want to do is be able to communicate with people in a bunch of different modalities and like at different registers yes. and like be different people. And like that, like I think one of the most important things about social media and then this like maybe like utopian vision of a federated, you know, social platform or whatever is like this breaking down of boundaries of modalities, like being able to be in to, being able to operate and recognize specific modalities when you need them is really important. But like, like I say this about like library Twitter, all like like library Twitter is infamous for like 
we don't have a boundary between personal and professional on library Twitter, or we didn't like when people were still on there, it was like people would network like at or during or after conferences, people would collaborate, people would talk about like discourse, but then people would also like post thirst traps or like post pictures with their cat or like, you know, shit posts or like whatever. Like there was this like treating these people who were like experts in your field as people just like you and i feel like that helps a lot because we get like in any time in you're in academia people get put on these pedestals and they're untouchable and so are their ideas but when people are just like you it's like oh well i can contribute to this too and i can interact with this too and this person's a person just like me who in probably three years is going to go reread their paper and be like oh what a fucking idiot am i because that's what i do so i imagine other people must do that too (laughs) Hopefully. There are some people that have no shame and just never think they're wrong about shit. That does exist. Yeah. But yeah. But you know, like I feel like that's important is to be able to like see people as people and sort of I, I just love anything that f- sort of forces barriers to be porous. Right. And this is like this so there's this general fatalism when people talk about like digital mediums about just like it is like this forever. And so therefore I will not engage with this thing or just like that, like that these things don't come from a place. They don't have like a dynamics to them that just like, it's not like this for a particular reason and it's possible to change. So it's like people are always, you know, boring and stuffy on Macedon. It's just sort of like, that is true sometimes for now. And it's just like (laughs) that, like, it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, there are pockets that, I mean, again, just like, I'm not here to say that like, it is not true or just like, there's definitely a overwhelming quantity of crustiness and shit like that, that exists on the Fediverse. There's like no getting around that, but it's like, that's not like intrinsic to the space. It's not like there's someone, someone wrote some piece of code somewhere. It's like fun is banned actually set that to false. And so like, that like that like it's possible to like make social spaces and just like make things like operate in a particular way um i mean to with some limitations and obviously i'm not like also trying to downplay the importance of these like sort of embedded cultures like that is why they exist as cultures but like like except for like linkedin where just like they i i actually can't make an account there i you can't you can't have fun on that platform it's banned actually quite literally so like um so there's some exceptions to this like you can make spaces be how you want them to be um and so like that's like what we're trying to do in like one of the servers that i'm like administering right now is just like this neuromatch.social server where just like that's what we wanted to do is just sort of like yeah neuroscientists come here but and like you can talk about work but also like what if we learned about like cooperative governance systems at the same time and what if we also sort of like were able to mix modalities and and registers of our communication and like that just like if this instance we could experiment with a medium we're just like can we actually make something that serves our communicative needs like can we make something where we have the ephemeral uh, microblogging style stuff alongside archival grade documents using the same type of format? Like, can we do that? And that vision, that idea of like, this is something we're actively experimenting with. There is no such thing as quote unquote Mastodon that works in one way. Like we have our own fork of this, our own version of this. And we're constantly trying to like experiment with it and make it work in a particular way. And not everyone is a programmer, but like we operate and make a governance system that allows us to distribute labor so that just like we can make, you know, decisions about how things should work. And then we have a team that's capable of, you know, implementing that and a team that's capable of doing the moderation, just like able to actually make like a functional social system. Um, so like 
that's just like that is the i would call it utopian in the sense that it's like it, it exists like we're doing it but it's like <laughs> but like yeah the larger vision is just one of those things that just like takes a long time to like percolate into being into you know people seeing it as possible or desirable in the first place um, i want to go back to something you mentioned and also something send me a link to which was you talked about writing like the the ship post to the paper and you have a piece in the infrastructure piece that you wrote that you sent me which is the the forums and feeds and so could you talk a little bit about so people understand like i think this would be a good way to explain like activity pub or activity streams as like a linked data language so when you're talking about arguing back and forth in an academic paper how does activity pub and activity streams language help that happen yeah so like the, the, so the question here is like largely about interfaces right so like the means by which we interact with with some underlying protocol and so like what activity pub is is just like a bunch of json objects so json like the way that like in the interchange format for javascript on the internet that that like have a particular structure to them. So activity streams is like uh, an ontology. It's a vocabulary that says these are the types of things that can exist. So there's like a note, there's an article, there's different sort of objects, like types of objects, and they have different properties. So they have you know they have um, an author, or a creator, or a date, and just like it's these set of specific names. And then also what's interesting about like making ontologies in this way is that you can use them to structure actions as well. So like, and there's like, in, as part of the activity streams uh, vocabulary, there's like create action, which is just like itself, like a JavaScript object. I mean, it is just so I don't have anyone in RDF world yell at me. It is like translatable to RDF. Like that's the whole point of it. But JavaScript is just an interface to RDF. But like, um, but so there's like this, this circumscribed sort of set of actions and objects that can exist. And that's like what, a linked data ontology is. And what makes a linked data ontology interesting, as opposed to just being an ontology of, of any kind, is that it's possible to import other terms, use terms from other vocabularies, mix and match these things together. So like activity streams is one vocabulary and it's used within, um, within ActivityPub. But in principle, it's possible to also say, all right, I am doing a create action for this completely separate kind of document. You know, this like, this is not something that's like mentioned in activity pub or activity streams. And like, okay, so now I'm importing this ontology that describes this different new kind of document, this, or it can be like calendar event, whatever kind of object or thing that you want to think about on the internet existing. And like, that's sort of the idea of using linked data in like a, in like a federated context. And to some degree, that's just like an attempt at making the general dream of linked data real. It's like, but the problem is that doesn't, it doesn't quite work that way. Like instead of making, so there's this, yeah. Uh, instead of like making something that like generally handles the possibility of linked data, it's like we made clients like Macedon that are sort of like shoehorned in the activity pub interface on the back end. And so it doesn't quite do what you'd expect out of like something that like takes full advantage of the activity of the linked data part of activity. Pub. But like, there's no reason that we can't make it work actually that way. And like, it's a really interesting and sort of like promising way of doing that. We're just like, if you most of what we're familiar with as documents and like general computer artifacts are some sort of protocol or standard, like a word document is like a zip file full of XML that has a particular format. And so what word is, is an interface to that format. It's like a means of giving you a bunch of handles and hooks to be able to manipulate the underlying XML. 
and like another a, a, a technology that I think is like actually super interesting in this re regard is like because it's such a shallow shallow mapping in a good way these like Jupyter notebooks, these Python notebooks where it's like you have different yeah. cells. Yeah, and as there's this underrated idea and like it's one of these things that I think could have a lot more, you know, interesting use cases where they were just like, you have cells and they have a type and they that type indicates how they're supposed to be processed. So they can be marked down like document style or they can be code or whatever. And so like the notebook is like an interface to this underlying JSON, JSON document. And so it's sort of trivial. It's sort of trivial to imagine like, what if we extended these interfaces to actually be direct JSON-LD editors and used ActivityPub as like a means of exchange of these like more generalized linked data objects? And there are some people that are working on this kind of idea, as there always are. But like the that when you start doing that, you start running into the need to be able to create a new ontology pretty flexibly and share that. And then it becomes pretty clear that like actually what we need is peer-to-peer -peer technology. And so it's like both the Fediverse and linked data beg to be made peer-to-peer. -peer. And I just feel like the Fediverse is just a very, it's like a, 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 a staging ground. It's sort of like get people used to the idea of we can run our own infrastructure. We can make it do the things that we want it to do. And from there you can like, okay, we practice that. We practice working as a group, hopefully like, you know, got used to this whole notion of sort of cooperative infrastructure. And then it's like, so the next stage we can do is like, now let's take this to the next level of doing like truly flexible, decentralized peer-to-peer -peer like type of communication. And yeah, like the, I, I, I stick around in academia for a couple of reasons. Like one of one funding, like you gotta get paid to do stuff. And like academia is a very useful system for that in the sense that just like, I don't have to make money for somebody um, in my current job. And so like can focus on making stuff that is designed to make it harder to make money in this way. But it's like two, it's a really rich problem space. There's like a bunch of really complicated shit that needs to happen. Um, that's like very technically demanding and so it's like it's a good practice space and so like thinking about and using academic communication that does scale and span between lots of different registers modalities and needs and stuff like that as like a way of making generalizable technologies that can then be used by anyone that can be sort of like fluidly applied to your needs in the particular circumstance so like the stuff I'm working on is like I'm working with my lab and my work with my department, but also like trying to work with my union at the same time. And just like these could be sort of like linked and, you know, you know, cross applicable technologies um, because, you know, every group is different. Every organizing context is different. Um, like, you know, if you're an activist organizing context, you need sec like security is a non-negotiable feature of that. But like academics maybe don't need security all that much. And so just like, but like, so every context is different, but like a lot of the problems sort of overlap in this way. And just like that, like there, yeah, I, you know, I could go on, but just like, that is sort of the idea is that just like, this is like, if we start just like taking the notion of, we just need an interface to a very flexible means of communication seriously. And like, we can make it possible to translate between these different kinds of things and then have like a common interchange for, uh, protocol for them. It gets very close to what the original vision of the web was in the first place which is I can exchange whatever the fuck I want in whatever structured way I want to between people, you know, that like, it's just like lit quite literally the original vision behind the semantic web at like at that, you know, some of the original internet architects saw as being like, okay, the web is cool, but it has these basic issues. And one of them is that it's like, there's no good way to like organize shit on it. And so like, that's like, you know, a 25 year old idea at this point, but it's like, 
still super Thinks relevant. They heal themselves, that sort of thing. Yeah, and like a bunch of people are sort of like coming back around and being like redigging up the old semantic web history, and is popping up in all these unexpected places. And like link data being in ActivityPub and Mastodon is like holy shit. There's a huge long continuity of history of just like the way that we want the internet to work filtering through to this technology where it's almost invisible. It's, you'd have to like dig really hard to find that historic link, but like it's there and super present. And just like one of these things that just like being aware of it and being able to like, I'm walking in this sort of history and just like gives you a lot of like hope, A, that like there are other people that feel the same thing, same thing or similar things. And then B, like a lot of lessons about how not to do it. Um, that is also like sort of equally important. Yeah, I it, I was definitely thinking about what that would look, what that system would look like, where people are are talking back and forth about a paper from like a postal paper, and I could easily imagine like an interface. But the thing is, like commercializing that space is almost impossible with the way that the current system is. Right, this is why we're stuck sending PDFs over the web through a publisher that we we buy our own work back from. Yeah, and we're doing all this in the name of peer review, which is insane because we also do peer review for free. <gasps> so, yeah, it's it's like the only thing we're really yeah. doing it for is the is the the belief in peer review, and it's and, and copy editing. Copy editing is labor and it's expensive and it's a big problem. But like, totally. you know, it's a solvable problem with just a little bit of investment and some copy editors. Like, yeah, it's all you need to do is just hire some copy editors. Like, it's really like, your university could have a couple. Yeah. Hire them for you know, revitalize university presses, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So like a lot of this is like largely about just what if we had a sensible distribution of labor, like, you know, which is like what a concept. Yeah. <laughs> where like it wasn't just totally beholden to whatever fucking platform you could subscribe to, but just like we just were able to make collective decisions about just like, okay we need a server that remembers our public posts. And so can we organize that together? Just like use some university resources, whatever to host it. And like, just like that, like that's like what a lot of these ideas come down to is that just like the labor needs to be reallocated and redistributed in a way that just like works for people instead of profit. So it's like not, I know that's not a novel idea, but like it just, that's what it all is. Yeah. So to, to wrap up, um, I wanted to get to like a, an action oriented question because we we're going to have to skip a little bit of stuff that I wanted to talk about, but there's just so much to talk about. You were writing a lot in surveillance uh, graphs about the sort of the enclosure of the web, which was something we brought up last time with uh, Leon. You know, is this the end of the open web? And I think we've had a lot of like cool ideas of what could could look cool, but uh, or what could work, what could work cool, what could be open, what could be decentralized. But we're still seeing like everything turned back into a console, partly because of cloud infrastructure, um, because like everything has to go through that central point in the cloud, and everything breaks if it's not working. But like, what I guess, what can people get interested in or do? to resist these surveillance graphs that you talk about like oh damn uh, it's like an organizing question right like yeah um what can you do to so it's just like i think a lot of it is initially a belief question and like part of that belief question is believing that it's important to do that like that it's important to avoid mass surveillance as being the basic operation of society because it's like it's sort of hard for me to picture, but like there are actually a lot, a huge number of people that are just like, this is good actually that like we have all of these companies surveilling our every move because then they're able to like 
you know, recommend me the right restaurant when I ask my assistant, like my Google assistant, like where should I go to eat? Like, it's just sort of like that people really do like in some respects, like, you know, I, I cat sit for my neighbor who is just like a lovely person, but just like has an Amazon Alexa that like runs her whole home. And like, I can't, I couldn't turn the fucking lights on without talking to this machine. And so it's just sort of like, but it's like, that's convenience. That's like the ultimate, like, you know, that's like that ideology of convenience. And so just like, you have to sort of like, when thinking about it is like, I think a lot of it is like unbuilding ideologies and belief systems and value systems where just like, you can't mm-hmm. just go about saying, let's make a new technology, let's even make a new social organization if like there's, if you're still like stuck in the old systems of valuation, like it's good to value performance and uptime at all costs. And it's good to be able to access anything like as, as if it's a giant store of content. And, you know, like, if you keep all of those same valuation, like criteria, there's like, what is good to do and what is good to make and what are the goals of what we're trying to do, then you yeah, you're gonna end up with another fucking cloud. Like, it's just sort of like, there's a reason that it exists. And it's because of like, this whole set of of value criteria that's basically making turning the internet into a digital market for content. And so like, yeah, that's, that's part of that is just like, I I don't have a good answer about how to change a lot of people's minds. And I think that like, a, a, a good example of that is just like, what does the alternative look like? And if it looks good, and feels good to be a part of then just like that's a good way of sort of getting people to reconsider some of the more underlying causes of these things and so like it like makes me sad when 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 people go and they try Mastodon by going to mastodon.social and just like what the fuck is this and like that's a totally normal reaction to just being on mastodon.social just like there's either nothing or there's everything like i have that those are the two things i can see here And it's just sort of like, because the actual beauty and like, sort of just like, it's also true that just like, it's really cognitively demanding to like, think about all this like different servers and stuff like that. But that's also the beautiful part, like being in smaller groups of people, like, like being like, this is actually really nice for me to like, be around people that I know, and I trust. And like, we sort of work together to do shit together. And like, that's a very different vision of the web than, than what you're used to just like, I go to Google Docs, and I, I hit subscribe. And I pay my 10 bucks a month and I can store hundred gigabytes there. So it's like, no, I like know people. And like, we co-organize this thing together. And just like, this is like this group may first is like a really rad group in this respect that just like, they're like activists trying to build this kind of like cooperatively owned digital infrastructure at like multiple scales as well. And so like, I, I think that like, that's part of it is like, that's what the promising thing to me is where just like, you don't convince people that surveillance is bad, or even like, it's really hard to even see how the operation of surveillance works. So like, like, l- large language models are a surveillance technology period that like, but like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, that's like, it's hard to like, it, they're just like, they're not spying on me. I just, you know, type in the thing and it makes a sentence. What the fuck is that? That's not surveillance. And just like, just, but then just like seeing how that's tied into a, the much talked about copyright, you know, theft of all the content in the web, but that's just one part of how it's a surveillance technology. The other is part of that is like the way that it's used to be built into these, all these different services that can then combine all of your data from all of these different sources and then launder it back to you with some just like pleasant sounding assistant text or something like that. It's an enabling technology for a new kind of surveillance system. And again, people think that's a good thing. Like want to, I want to have all of my appointments linked in and together. So it's like Microsoft gives this absolutely horrifying example when they introduced Microsoft AI 365 or whatever in March, which is like, you're a new language model attached to your Outlook and your uh, and your email and everything like that. 
we'll be able to automate all the boring shit. And what's funny is the first thing they, the first example they give of boring shit is writing a speech for your daughter's graduation. Like that's just like holy fuck, what a grim reality these people are projecting. And and so it's just like it's very. They're just like giving these great examples of like the AI knows that your daughter is plays volleyball and won the state championship because it went through and read her texts and looked at her appointments and knows that she was very happy about in this moment after this volleyball championship. And so therefore we're going to generate this. And she was very good at volleyball sentence or something like that. So it's like the payoff of all their surveillance is underwhelming to say the least, but like, that's not the product. The product is what the, what the companies can then sell to the investors saying like, we have this really cool new way to target your ads in this really fine-grained way and so like so like it's like when people ask about just like we have this competing models of the future of like do we want to have the ai that can sort of churn through all the um unstructured content of the web and whatever and sort of like synthesize some new beautiful crystal of information and that's like where a lot of really well-meaning people that i like and respect end up it's just sort of like what we need is the information is a clusterfuck. It is disorganized, impossible to make sense of. And so what we need is something that can sort of just like autom- in an automated way crawl through these things and fix it for us. Another alternative future is just like, what if we actually had the systems to make sense of shit ourselves? That just like, if it was in the first place, something, it was actually possible to communicate and organize shit in like, an, in, in a, in a, in like a coordinated way. So like what a lot of the surveillance technology relies on is a background of broken infrastructure where we can't do basic things online. And so resisting surveillance, this like surveillance society is not just a matter of end-to-end encrypted technologies, like the things you usually think of when you think of privacy, but it's also filling and plugging the gaps that they exploit to make us dependent on these types of platforms. So like they can't spy on uh, like all of my calendar appointments if it's feasible for me to have a private calendar. Like it's like, you just have to like fight surveillance in this way by like presenting a plausible alternative to the, like Mackenzie work develops this idea in several of her books of like the vectoralist class that just like, like this, one of my favorite books that I've read in the last couple of years is, um, it's like, it's like capital is dead. Is it something worse? And so just like being sort of like, it's this rereading of Marx and sort of being like, well, we get sort of stuck in the Marxist orthodoxy. And so like, what if we did what Marx did, which is sort of just like reread it, playfully refit it to our times and stuff like that. And what, we, what you get when you start doing that is just like, actually, there's like a new mode of capitalist production that involves ownership and control of vectors of information. And like, it's actually very different than like industrial capitalism. And like that one of the, that like once you start thinking about things in that way, just like thinking about the flow of information, the control of, of vectors of information, then like the strategies start to look very different. We're just like, we just need to actually, like that's what decentralization is actually a, like it's in some ways about is like breaking up these choke points. And so this is like another, like, like a Cory Doctorow uh, idea of just being sort of like the choke point capitalism. It's just like- We're going to do an episode on it, yeah. Sweet, yeah. So like, it's, yeah. it's like, that's like- that book is like, it was exactly the right book that was needed at the moment, just sort of like, like a lot of ideas and stuff and beliefs and just like stuff that people had been writing about and thinking about, but just like, Cory Doctorow is just like a wonderful writer and like a really like is excellent at communicating these ideas and sort of putting them into some thing that you can grasp without needing to unpack the whole universe. 
and also just like remarkably good at like navigating platforms and not getting trapped in by like, you know, need for algorithmic fame, but still using them to this effect. And anyway, I just like, I don't know a whole lot about them as a person, but just like, I'd like the, the way that they are um, as far as like how they, their, their role in this like information liberation problem. So like, oh, there's like, you know, like I don't, I don't want to keep, keep you on the line forever, but just like, that's basically the, like when I think about just like, how do you resist surveillance capitalism is just sort of like, you need to do all of these things at once. You need to do the social organizing that like leads to the ability to change people's beliefs. Instead of just like writing a book about shit, you need to actually get people working together and practically like, that's how you practically change minds. And then like at the same time, expanding the scope of what it means to resist the, this from a technological lens by just like also thinking about just like, we need to rebuild like the basic the basic elements of digital reality in such a way where just like surveillance is impossible or at least undesirable. And a lot of that has to do with being able to fucking organize information. That is like, we were talking about just like metadata anarchism and stuff like that. It's like being able to organize information in a world where informational capitalism is sort of the dominant mode of production is like extremely politically important, but it's nerd shit. You know, it's like, how do you get that across to like the, the hardcore Marxist Leninist thinking about factories as if it's like, you know, 1900 still. And like, that's the primary, it's like, and I'm not discounting, like, I'm not trying to discount the importance of, like, trade unions and industrial unions. Like, that's still super critical, too. It still exists. There are factories and there are people doing, like, traditional industrial labor like that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it's, like, that now happens against the backdrop of, like, what are, what Nike is, is a logistics and information company that is able to, like, manipulate information and, again, like, logistical information in order to coordinate all of that factory labor, like, it's sort of like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that dot, 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 fill in template notion of gig economy here. Like, that's just like, that's what it is. Like that, like, and so like it, yeah. Uh, getting the hardcore leftists to take seriously the, um, the, the notion of like information liberation as like a critical part of the project. That's one of the reasons why I love hanging out in the Fediverse is because like, that's sort of like a given. Like, that's like one of the few spaces online where just like, yeah, we definitely don't need to explain that. We're all on the same page. So like, like every other person, there's like the crusty old web people. And then the other major, uh, major uh, population in the Fediverse is just sort of like the trans anarchist cat girl that like runs half the internet. Like that's... Yeah, and we love them. Yes. So. I'm a bad doggy. <laughs> Justin, where do you get these drops? That was from Preserving Worlds. Oh, okay. I just didn't want to get rid of it because it's so useful. Okay. Yeah. I think that covers it for today. Yeah. I've... Did you have anything, Johnny, you wanted to plug? Um, I mean... I, I'm so terrible at this. This is like my, I, mm-hmm. you, when I organize shit and do I do work, I'm always, I love being in the background and sort of like, you know, planting seeds and like, you know, giving little hints and trying to move people in little ways. And I don't, I'm not that good at like, here's my shit. Come check out my shit. Um, but like, uh, I don't You're know. You're doing if, great. Like, uh, we're, we're, I'm in the process of actually getting that off the road. So uh, still unlaunched, but keep your eyes out for when the Institute of Pyrotechnology um, starts releasing some projects that uh, should be Hell happening yeah. near the end of the year. Hell yeah. I'm just going to put the it. Piracy Solutions website in the notes, even if it's just a joke. That will be where a lot of <laughs> it is. It. It's one of the best domains I've, I've ever bought um, or rented, whatever. 
but yeah, that'll be where a lot of that shit is like organized. Um, even if I have to put it in more palatable name, palatably named domains as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. Piracy.zone, piracy.horse, piracy horse, <laughs> piracy.gay, piracy.gay, piracy.gay. <laughs> I, I mean, the people that run ours is librarypunk.gay. Okay, really. so you do know the, the like, getting the domain is like it puts you as part of the family. And like, are you on the website, the mm-hmm. .gay domain website? Are we? Oh, you got to. They have a whole section of that. It's like artists that use .gay, and so you've got to. You've got if yeah, you got to get on the website if you're not. Uh, oh, hey, .gay. I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but okay. Um, Use a domain that represents you. I had to go to like shady back backwater hosting service oh, to get really? that gay because because <laughs> Google doesn't sell it. Right? Yeah, it's it's controlled by like actually a pretty good group of people. But oh fuck, I'm on. I'm using Chrome, so I have I have all of the the Chrome is my investigating surveillance technology browser, and so like I have all of the AI suggestions and shit turned on. Um, and so like, I just looked up gay domain and I have a huge generative AI description of it. And I'm just like, I'm not going to read that shit. We're not on there. <laughs> yeah. So you got to get on there. I'm, I'm a friend of mine is, and I'm pretty sure you just ask, like, it's a badge of honor. There's only like five podcasts listed. So, if this is the right one that I'm looking for. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. Okay. I'll send them under email. like featured sites. Yeah. There's only like five. Yeah. Uh, Kosherqueers.gay. Techthoughts.gay, JoeMama.gay. Okay. Yeah. I think that covers everything. It's been lovely um, chatting with y'all. Um, Thank I, you for staying long. I mean, as like I've been listening to more of these episodes, I'm gonna stick around, and check these things out because I mean, I especially knowing that we just like got like you know similarly minded med data anarchists in the in the crowd and just like also people that have to fucking deal with university IT and related. It, like this is sort of just like y'all. Like, uh, pluck several of the heartstrings that are the most taut in me. And uh, <laughs> so, like, anyway, it's been good chatting and, like, good getting uh, get to meet y'all. Thanks yeah, for absolutely. You should yes. come back. All right. Yeah, no, I was, like, reading your article, and I was just, like, texting my <laughs> friend being, like, this is fucking fire, like, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it goes both ways. So, like, I mean, I'm going to look y'all up and see some of the stuff that you've been working on, too. So, it's, like, I'm curious. You got me curious. And good night.